You may have heard us use the term multimodal data, which is part of our Cancer 2.0 initiative. We have recorded this short podcast to help explain what this means. I'm Naima Kalachand, and I'm going to be speaking to Dr. Prabhu Aramugan, who is the Director of Clinical Data and Imaging at Genomics England. He's going to shed some light on this topic. So first of all, perhaps the million dollar question, what is multimodal data? The program is called multimodal because in machine learning, you have different modes. So analysis of an image would be one mode or analysis of some clinical data could be another mode. But the interesting bit here is what we want to do is take multiple modes, so DNA, pathology images, radiology scans, and clinical data, and do all of that in one analysis or a single analysis. The reason we've come up with the term multimodal data is cancer is ultimately a very complex disease. Why it evolves, occurs, and how it kind of progresses is really complex and really difficult to understand. And the general consensus now is that the more data you can bring into understanding the evolution or the progression of cancer, I think there's a real value to it. Can I just check what you mean by machine learning? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. So there's so much data in all of this kind of analysis. So if you think about it, DNA is thousands and thousands of basically letters. So actually one human being or even a series of human beings probably couldn't look at all of that data on their own. So actually what you want is to write kind of a series of code to look for certain patterns or certain trends within your data. There's a whole series of terms that kind of go from artificial intelligence, machine learning, however you want to define it. It's ultimately not a human doing it. You're setting the precedent for a code, a system, an algorithm to run through your data and find out new things or novel insights from your data set that probably we as humans wouldn't be able to do. And that's a very superficial way of looking at it. But then there's much more complexity to it. So sometimes actually what you might say is, especially for images, you might ask a human to kind of label specific parts of an image and say, this is tumour and this is not tumour. So there's even a degree of what you call supervision to the learning. But what we want to head towards is what you call unsupervised. So actually, here is all of the data and what can this machine learning algorithm take away itself and what can it teach us about that? So that's a really interesting bit for us. So what are the issues with the current data that we have? The first bit is building the library or collecting the data. So we want to start with pathology. So most pathology labs in the country will take tissue from a cancer and place it on a glass slide. And what we want to do is digitize that. So we have to actually scan it at a very high resolution on very specific scanners. And that is quite a laborious task. It means actually collecting slides from NHS sites, sending them to a partner who's scanning them, digitizing them for us, which is MPIC in Leeds. And then also we have to collect radiology scans from NHS sites as well. So the real complexity is actually bringing that data and bringing it in a format that is digitized and also independent of variability in different scanners and different sites and so on. So we want to really standardize all the images to start with. So first challenge is actually bring that data in. And then the second bit is actually starting to do the analysis. So what are we going to look for? What are the kind of research questions we want to ask? And how do we make that data useful for us as well as kind of the second part of that challenge? And how many of these images are you trying to bring in? At the moment, we're focusing on the cancer participants in the 100,000 Genomes Project, which is about 16,000 participants. And the aim is for each participant, you're collecting glass slides. So... We estimate there'll be about 250,000 glass slides or images and probably an equal number of radiology scans as well. So 
numbers-wise, it's actually massive amounts of images, and they will also then obviously have very structured clinical data and their genomes to go with that as well. What are the challenges of putting all this data together in one place? So there's lots of challenges, actually, in terms of purely size. So at a very simplistic level, each image, about one or two gigabytes. And if you think about it, most kind of iPhones have about 64 gigabytes. You could only really have about 30, 40 images on one storage device. And actually, we're going to have 250,000 pathology images. So the data storage itself is massive. And then when you add in genome is about 200 gigabytes each. The vastness of storage of all of that is actually quite immense. We also want to do this in a very novel way, which is host it in the cloud. So it's a very secure way of kind of hosting data and storing data. And then the next thing is like running an analysis. So if you think about it, if you've got hundreds of gigabytes of data for thousands and thousands of patients, it's vast, it's huge. And if you want to kind of interrogate that, that can take days and days of analysis to begin and run and interpret. So those are kind of the challenges we have from an, what you might call an infrastructure and architecture perspective. And the other bit that we're also really kind of keen on is ensuring patient confidentiality. So all of our participants in our research environment have a genomic signal identifier. So we replace anything that we believe is identifiable, so NHS numbers, names, dates of birth, with solely this one identifier. And that's how you kind of track their genome, their clinical data and their images. So how you can link it all through, which is great for researchers and maintains that anonymization of individuals. But the challenge is obviously the more data you bring in, there is an additional risk. You you may pick up where scans were done and so on. So we're really focusing now on ensuring that anonymization protocol continues, especially with more and more data that we bring in. And that's really important for us to ensure that for our participants. And you've touched on a few things already, but what are the other benefits of bringing all this data all together? I think, first of all, it's the uniqueness of this as a data set. So around the world, lots of people have tried to pull together kind of DNA sequencing and pathology images. And there is already a lot of understanding about the value of doing that. But actually, it's the sheer scale of what we can do. So a comparative data set is something called TCGA. And they have about 2,000 genomes and about fifteen to 20,000 pathology images. So... The sheer scale that we're going to go is almost about 10 times that. And I think the interesting bit is that we will also have very structured clinical data set to go with that. So it's a real understanding about when patients have had a relapse in their cancer, recurrence in their cancer, and the kind of chemotherapy and the treatments that they've had. So that understanding that goes with the images and with the DNA sequences, I think, is really important there. And it's, I think, the value that we can add to the research community to really understand progression and evolution of cancer is unique. And I think with our experience of what we've learned from DNA sequencing in particular is something that we can really add to that. But don't get me wrong, I don't think we as Genomics England are ever going to answer every single research question out there. I think the real important bit is that we can position this as a data set that ultimately has been gifted by our participants for other users to answer lots and lots of research questions. And I think that's a real push that we can advocate that this is a data set can really expedite our understanding of cancer evolution and progression and actually how we can help participants down the line. And so what are the next steps? Like how will you look at the data once it's all been combined? So at the moment, we're trying to look kind of in the next few years. So how would you use this data set from a research perspective, but actually where's the value for clinicians in say five, six, seven years time? And that drive is where we want to get to. I'm not saying that we're going to solve that problem now. So at the moment, a lot of it is 
testing what we're pulling from public data sets, so it's TCJ, can we replicate that or kind of expand analyses that have already been done elsewhere using our data set? And then also then we've got to build on that. So we have one of the world's largest whole genome sequencing of lung cancers, you know, linking that to radiology scans, so understanding the evolution of tumours in upper lobes versus kind of left and right lobes. Really interesting kind of how that evolves, looking at kind of mutational changes or you might call like how cells look down a microscope on a digital image. I think there's lots and lots of things that we've got to start looking at. But the important bit for us is making sure that the data set is kind of valid. We've done our kind of curation elements ourselves. It's standardized and it's high quality. That's what we're expecting. And then really kind of bringing users in to answer their research question. I think that's the next big step for us um, and making sure that data quality and so on from our point, we've addressed those early on. Do you think this approach will be used by others in the future? I'd like to think so. I think the important bit is that we've done something that is novel. A lot of people are kind of questioning about is digitizing pathology an interesting and useful avenue? And we've shown the value to actually doing that alongside whole genome sequencing. So the drive for us is to show the value of what is possible. And then actually the research from our data set will be unique. And I think that will then expedite clinical sites to adopt digital pathology, adopt kind of what you might call hosting data in the cloud rather than kind of storing data in like little kind of hard drives in different places. So there's a lot of value to what we're doing. I don't think I'm going to solve everyone's problems everywhere. And I really don't want us to say that, but we're just showing the art of what is possible. And I think we've learned a lot from that and we'd be very happy to share kind of what we've learned with others as well. Thanks, Prabs, for that really helpful explanation. If you have any other questions on multimodal data, feel free to contact us on digitalimaging at genomicsengland.co.uk. Thank you for listening. <laughs>